0: And I mean real work, not writing down gobbledygook. Christian Arcan. We'll let the
1: hippie in here. Christian and King. Weekdays, noon to 3 on ESPN New Hampshire Radio and streaming live on ESPNNHradio.com.
2: What do you need? What do you want? Can I not just live here without having to occasionally deal with you animals? Now,
1: here's Christian Arkan and Tom King.
3: Two. here it's christian king ESPN new hampshire streaming live on ESPNNH.com, nh.com streaming live on TuneIn as well nice to have you with us today your phone number is 603-883-9900 your text messages at 845-827-1250 uh several patriots spoke today well two patriots spoke today Two captains, yeah, two of the captains. Yep,
4: tomorrow there's a couple more that are talking. Brady is- did not
3: speak, Belichick did not speak, but Matthew Slater, who was the winner of the Bart Star Award, Yep. Uh, which his father also won, making them the first father-son duo to ever win that award. Um, and uh, Devin, Devin McCourty. McCourty also spoke as well. Yep. As they get ready to uh, see who they're going to play. That's, that's what they're looking at this weekend. And uh, the weekend after that, they will have their first playoff game in the division round against one of three teams, either the Miami Dolphins the Houston Texans or the Oakland Raiders and uh we'll uh, get into that a little bit in the meantime however uh we have those comments also before we get to them today's a very special day you know what happened uh january 4th 17 years ago today january yeah i think it's so january 3rd i guess it was technically yesterday
4: 17 oh january 3rd yes January 3rd, 17 years ago. That would have been, what, 19? That no, would have been 2000 in January 3rd. mm mm-hmm. um, Want a hint? Uh, let's see. Bill Belichick stepped down for the Due to the various
3: uncertainties surrounding yep. my Step position as Jets. it How relates to the team's new ownership, um, I've decided to resign as the head coach of the New York Jets.
4: Yep. Yep.
3: No longer HC of the NYJ. Yep. So you can G F Y
4: know. <laughs>
3: you stupid SOBs. Yep. Also KMA, and uh, I can't take any more. <laughs> but you get the gist.
4: Yeah. Yeah, there was that uh, 17 years and ago And when yesterday. he did that, there was no doubt in anyone's mind that he was coming here. No doubt.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: You put two and two together right away. Yeah. Because Carol had been let go just three days earlier. Right. So. God, I'm glad that happened.
3: Isn't that great? And what was it exactly? What was it about the uncertain ownership that he was referencing there? Because of unforeseen with ownership, I've decided to resign Like, what? What was that? Do you re- do we remember? Did I don't that think that Woody Johnson out?
4: had bought the team yet. Okay. So I think Leon Hess was still in charge. Ah, okay. Uh, and you know, getting old. Mm. And Parcells was in charge, but Belichick didn't know for how long Parcells would would stick that that job out as the GM, and he also. Felt that it wasn't, you know, he had Parcells looking over his shoulder all the time. Yeah. So that was actually the second time that he was the head coach of the Jets and never coached a game. The first time was before Parcells was hired. They named Belichick as the head coach in case they couldn't legally, you know, get Parcells right away from the Patriots. Mm. You know, Parcells had been clear he wasn't going to coach the Patriots again, but he may not have been able to coach the Jets. Because of all the technical, you know, the contract, the contractual issues, so they they named Belichick, who was on that staff and the, the, for the Patriots, but could leave, and he did leave, and and they named Belichick as the head coach. Then I remember the press conference, and uh, then a few days later, Parcells was okayed, and they they worked it out the deal and everything mm-hmm. else. But but then, you know, Parcells was going to step down, and years later, and then Belichick was the guy, and then you know just. Uh, Two, day, two or three days later after the season ended, that's what happened. Yeah. All
3: right. We are going to uh, now go to Matthew Slater, who spoke earlier today. Uh, here are his remarks to the media from
5: Gillette. Good morning, guys. Good morning. Congratulations on the uh, Martin Star Award. Thank you. Uh, uh, Thank you. Campus. get your reaction to, to receiving that. Oh, man. Um, whew. It was really emotional <clears throat> for me. Um, I think you guys know well enough by covering me from now that uh, that I you know, I I really value um, the human element of football. And I really value the relationships that I've made with people over the years and um yeah. You know, all that stems from the faith that I have in in God and and the way that I was raised by my parents. Um, you know, I'm a man who's uh, far from perfect, but you know, I, I really feel like the Lord has done a lot of great things in my life. He's working on me as a as a man, as a as a husband, as a father. Um, but I, I I've always tried to keep in perspective that I'm no different than anyone else um, because I play football. It's just a job. But at the end of the day, the the connection you make with people, um, the way you treat people, the things that you try to stand for and believe in, though it may be, you know, not, as I said, not perfect at times, it's something that's very important to me. Um, so to win this award, uh, award, an award my dad won in 1996, um, it's really... I don't know. It's hard to it's hard to put into words. It really is. When something like that happens, and how do you, <clears throat> how do you learn about it? You know, like, do they call you and tell you? Is it Coach Belichick? And... Well, they set me up pretty good. Um, you know, we have we have our Bible study on on Mondays after the game, and you know, they they changed the time of the Bible study, made it a little bit later. And I'm like, oh, yeah. schedule adjust here, so. You know, Jackie Easterby tells me, Hey, just you know, see a Bible study more. Yeah, you know, everything's status quo. And I go into the Bible study and there's like sixty guys in there and coaches. I'm like, man, we're about to have a good Bible study right now. This is this is gonna be good and then uh Stacey James was in there and the camera crew, I'm like, Well, man, I don't know if we're doing like a playoff edition Bible study for the fans, but this is great. I'm thinking to myself, "Well, Jack, you better you better have a good one today, man. This is, you got to step it up." And you know, Jack's got the sheet that he usually has, and he goes through some things. Um, and then his phone starts ringing, and I'm like, "Man, come on, Jack, you got to tighten up. You, gotta, you can't have your phone ringing here. We got all these people." And uh, he answers the phone, and there's a there's an older woman on the phone, and she's I'm um, looking for Jack Easterby uh they They exchange a little bit, and she's like oh, is Matt there and I'm looking for matt and I'm like uh where's Matty P? Is he in here? you know i'm'm I'm not thinking me um and they call me down, and the woman on the phone is mrs. starr and um you know she tells me I win the award, and you know they had the cameras in there, and my allergies start acting up a little bit i you know I seasonal allergies there um you know, and it's just, you know, she told me we're, my dad and I, were the first father-son to win this award, and I mean, I, I don't know, it's, I'm just blown away by it. I really am. Matthew, what
2: is, with everything you just said, what does football mean to you on a daily basis? Not just on the field, but in the locker room and just everything that you do as a football player?
5: Well, it's, it's a platform. Um, you know, I once heard my dad say with with all the success that he had in football that it was conceivable to him that God gave him that success in order that he'd have a platform to connect with people and to share with them the things that he believes um and I and I, I totally agree with my dad when he said that it, it's a platform uh, and it's conceivable to me as well that you know everything that I've accomplished as a member of this team is solely um so that I may have a platform to connect with people, uh, that I can have a platform to share people, share with people my faith, um, and just to love on people. Um, and I really feel like that's what football has given me. Um, that's what football has given my family over two generations now. And um, well, we're just very thankful for it.
4: What was your dad's reaction? <laughs>
5: Uh, it was hard for me to judge my, my dad's reaction because my mom was going so crazy in the background. Um, but, you know, we, we FaceTimed him with my son like we normally do, and then I broke the news to him. And, I, you know, I think it's very humbling for us um, to, you know, an offensive lineman and a, and a special teams player to, you know, get this kind of recognition. I mean, we don't really hold ourselves in that high regard. We're just, you know... Guys that are thankful for all the opportunities we've had, and um, you know we've had a special journey, my dad and I, through the last, you know, starting in 1976 for him, and and starting in 2008 for me. At the football
2: family is one of interfaith and the varying degrees of faith, and, and you talk about relationships with people in that locker room. This year, often I've talked about togetherness and tightness. What are the keys to that? When we have people from varying backgrounds, and varying beliefs,
5: and whatnot? Uh, respect is huge. Uh, look, we all don't believe the same thing. Um, we all don't live by the same creed, so to speak. But I think respect is important. And I think this team, what you've seen this year, is guys that respect one another. Uh, we spe- respect the differences that we have, and you know, we just come together and, and despite those differences. Uh, we 've been able to come together for a common cause, and that common cause is to be as good a football team as we can be. but when you 're dealing with, with people on an individual level, uh, what i 've learned through good and bad uh, is respect is important. Um, taking the time to learn about the people that you work with, um, the people that you deal with day in and day out, uh, it really goes a long way. I
0: think the part, part of the award is showing leadership and character on the field. I'm wondering how you go about doing that, and in particular, we often see you on a weekly basis shaking hands, patting guys from the other team on the helmet. I'm sure those are guys maybe you don't get to see all that often that maybe you have some kind of relationship with. But how important is that part of it, showing respect not just for your own teammates but for guys on the other side as well?
5: I think it's big. Uh, you know, I've always understood that it's not easy playing in this league, and I know you're out there on Sundays, Saturdays, Mondays, Thursdays, whatever it may be competing and trying to win and trying to impose your will on on the other team. But at the same time, I've always tried to be sensitive to the human element and understanding the guy across from me, um, be motivated by the same things I am. He may be out there for his love of the game, his passion, providing for his family, representing his family. Um, you know, he's, you know, not that much different than me, and what his motivation may be. So, I think it's important to to understand that, um, you know, in between plays and and trying to, you know, say, all right, let's let's keep competing, let's keep doing this, but you know, respecting your opponents, and and that's something that I've always believed in as well. Um, you know, respect for this league, this shield, what it means. Uh, it's huge. Uh, we have a, a, a great opportunity here, and I hope that. All of us. Uh, well, you're covering this game, playing this game, coaching it. Uh, we don't take it for granted. Have you
0: ever had a moment where you regretted doing something
5: on the field that was out of character? I mean, oh yeah. You know, there's, been, there's been some of those moments certainly. Hey, would you like details on some of them? I, I just
0: <laughs> you know this game is violent. This game can be. I mean, we saw it on Sunday where you know. Crap happens on the field, and emotions get raised. Do you ever have one of those moments, and then you're like, "That's not who I am. That's not the way I want to play the game. That's what I'm really asking."
5: Yeah, I, I've definitely had uh, I've had those moments. Whether it be a verbal exchange, um, you know, I, I I wouldn't consider myself a dirty player, um, but there have been some times where I have let my emotions get the best of me. Um, I can recall training camp one year down in tampa bay a little hot down there may have been out of character but uh you know those things happen and again i think it's important to understand that uh there's there's only in my opinion there's only been one man who walked the face of this earth that's been perfect and his name's not matthew slater so
0: With that being said, matthew you've been around a long time you've had a lot of teammates based on everything you just said have you ever had a teammate that you really just didn't like all that much or didn't care for? And if so, how did, how did you deal with that?
5: Um, I can honestly say no to that. Um, you know, uh, there's been guys that I haven't seen eye to eye with on things, and uh, I disagreed with a lot of uh, what they stood for, believing. But you know, ultimately we were teammates on the same team, in the same similar grind, trying to achieve a similar goal. And you know, I can see past those differences. To try to make that work professionally, uh, sometimes it's had, it's been, you know, a professional relationship. But, um, you know, I've been fortunate to play with a lot of great human beings in this locker room. Um, a lot, I mean, a lot of guys that that I learned a lot from, that I grew from. I can think early in my career to a guy like Ben Watson, a guy that I still talk to and stay in touch with. Um, and the list goes on. I, I can sit here and name guys all day. So I've been fortunate in that regard to play with a lot of quality men.
0: What's your, your, your passion level right now for, you know, you guys put yourself in good shape here as a football team. What's your approach to this week? What are you telling some of the younger players perhaps and just your passion level towards trying to get that ultimate prize again?
5: I think, uh, and, and I hinted at this earlier in the week, With around here we've been spoiled with the success that we've had. And I, and I hope that every year, uh, and let me just speak for this year, I hope that in two thousand. 17 playoffs that this team realizes how fortunate we are to be in the situation we're in and also realizes there's no guarantees that we get this opportunity again. Um, and with that being said, we have to do everything within our power to prepare ourselves to be ready to play our best football game, you know, come next Saturday. And that's really all our focus needs to be. Um, there are a lot of things going on and important things, but look, look, We only get so many of these opportunities, maybe never get another one. So we have to do everything we can to take advantage of it. We have to have a good week of practice this week of just how can the Patriots get better, not Patriots versus whoever it is. How can the Patriots improve themselves as individuals and as a team? And hopefully that's the message we can get across.
3: All right, that's Matthew Slater. uh, His remarks from earlier today. Uh, speaking to the press there at Gillette Stadium, the uh, winner of the Bart Starr Award this year.
4: I'll tell you what they're working on this week. They're working on situational things and probably putting in a few p- new plays or plays that they haven't used that they had in the playbook that they're going to unveil, you know, in in the in the playoffs, depending on the situation. I have they're working, good authority. They're working on that stuff right they're now. They're working on a new one.
3: Six yards in crisscross.
4: No, no, no! You can't. Yeah. No, no! You don't even do it by yards. You do it by steps. Ten steps and crisscross. No, I
3: think you got to go by yards.
4: Yeah, you do it by steps.
3: Steps, you know. People have different strides. That's you got to go a yeah. certain amount of yards. Yeah, maybe. You know, yeah. it's important. Yeah. Come on, Tom. Get your head in the game. Six oh three. I like
4: the one where you go in the middle of the field and you bounce off each other, and then. Okay. I think that's usually an accident. I don't no, 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 no! That's, no, no. that's, that's a set play. I've run it. You run so, into each other? Yeah, you run into each other. And bounce you both fall off. down and break your hips, no, and you have to go to New Hampshire piece. Yeah, you're <laughs> bat-
3: <laughs> <laughs> Sounds about right. Uh, 603-883-9900 is the phone number. 883-9900. More on the Patriots when we come back here on Christian and King.
1: You're listening to Christian and King. Stay tuned for The Stretch Run with Jimmy Murphy, only here on ESPN New Hampshire Radio.
0: Map out an adventure your whole family will always remember. Disney on Ice presents Passport to Adventure. Journey across the African plains with Simba, Timon, and Pumbaa. Fly off to Neverland with Peter Pan and Tinkerbell. Explore the underwater world of Ariel, Flounder, and Sebastian. And trek through Arendelle with Anna, Elsa, and Olaf from Disney's Frozen. The journey begins in your hometown, playing January 26th through 29th at SNHU Arena in Manchester.
1: Tickets are on sale now. Visit disneyonice.com today.
2: Are you going through a rough patch right now and could use some help from professionals? Are you unsure of how to proceed and could use a guiding hand? Well, then let the attorneys at Dehar Law Firm make life easier for you. At Dehar Law Firm, they handle a wide variety of cases, anything from bankruptcy or divorce to estate planning and personal injury. Contact Eleanor Dehar at 603-622-6595 or visit Dehar.com for more information. Dehar Law
0: Firm, serving individuals and businesses in New Hampshire since 1958. TrySofi.com is the smart, easy way to save money on your student loans. Now they want you to know about the smart, easy way to save money on your credit card debt. That's with a TrySofi.com personal loan. If you're hardworking, in a good job, and have great credit, but you have credit card debt, a TrySofi.com personal loan with their low fixed rates and no fees is the smart alternative to credit cards. The national average interest rate on credit cards is over 15%. In most cases, you can cut your interest rate in half with SoFi. Find out how much you can save by going to TrySofi.com. That's T-R-Y-S-O-F-I.com. SoFi lends up to $100,000. Checking your rate will not affect your credit score. Go to TrySofi.com. Com. That's T-R-Y-S-O-F-I dot com for low fixed rate personal loans with no application or origination fees. Terms, conditions, and state restrictions apply. California Finance Lender Law License Number 6054612, NMLS Number one one two one six three. Which is worse,
2: a trip to the hospital or the fees and bills that come with it? At the Bedford Ambulatory Surgical Center, they provide a comfortable and friendly environment while offering high quality imaging for open MRI and low dose CAT scans and ultrasounds all at an affordable, Affordable price. Their modern technology allows for accurate diagnosis while ensuring complete patient comfort and safety. For more information or to set up an appointment, please call 603-622-3670 or visit BedfordSurgical.com or BasqueImaging.com. The Sports Blast,
1: Saturday afternoon from 11 to 2, right here on ESPN New Hampshire.
0: Well, okay, mister, I don't want Chris Sale because I don't want to give up you on Moncada. That was before
2: I saw Moncada in person, and he struck out every single game
0: of his career. Happy holidays. You didn't want to give up you on Moncada. I went back. You know, we're always saying we're going to pull the tape, we're going to pull the tape. I pulled the tape, and both of you guys did not want to give up you Play the audio, Brian. We
1: don't actually have it. Oh, we we, (laughs) did. The Sports Blast, Saturday afternoon from 11 to 2, right here on ESPN New Hampshire.
2: Captain Eric Lawrence was training Afghan soldiers when his truck was hit by an IED. I was on the way from Kandahar to Kalat, hit an IED that just took the truck and threw it up in the air and slammed it on the ground. I knew at first that I I got hurt pretty bad because I couldn't move my legs. I sat home alone for months. I didn't want that anymore, I wanted to go back to work. I was hesitant at first, you know, because I didn't work for a good year. I want to be a productive person. I want to be a drain on society. I want to be a positive thing in society. PVA helped me write my resume, got me a job interview. I got the job. Helping veterans like Eric is what we've done for over 65 years. Paralyzed Veterans
3: of America. Paving access for veterans employment through Operation PAVE. For more information, visit PVA.org. A public service message from Paralyzed Veterans of America.
1: On the go, download the ESPN Radio app now to your smartphone and take us with you.
3: Christian King, 603-883-9900. That's your phone number, 883-9900. You can text in at 845-827-1250 here uh, on the program. Just heard from Matthew Slater. Devin McCourty spoke also. We'll probably do that next hour. Uh, In the meantime. Amendola
4: came back to practice.
3: Yes, I saw that. Uh, Danny Amendola back to practice.
4: Michael Floyd. My guess is if he's back in practice now and he's got a week and a half and doesn't show any signs of any limits, then they'll play him. A week from Sunday or Saturday. Unless they think Floyd's the better option. Well, they just have Floyd out there, too. Yeah. You know, Mitchell, I would imagine Mitchell is one that might take a little bit of time. He's got a knee, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, Yeah, Mitchell wasn't out there.
3: Someone called in last night and talked about how the Patriots should, you know, re-sign Michael Floyd. Floyd? I think there's a better chance of them signing Brett Favre. Than Michael Floyd yeah, this I
4: offseason. They, I, I, yeah, I don't know if they'd re-sign Floyd because you're re-signing him, and you then you know don't you, you don't get the draft pick. You don't get the draft pick. You know you're not going to have. He's for not going to play games, for right, at yeah. least four games. Yeah, no, maybe so, more. Yeah, you know? I, mean, I wouldn't. I wouldn't sign him.
3: I wouldn't even. Are you kidding me? No, no. I wouldn't get anywhere out. near Michael Floyd. this No, offseason.
4: because because look, you're babysitting him now, okay, and you're only doing it for a few weeks, so you can you know you, you could you could survive that. Mm-hmm. You could you could deal with that. Right, You can deal with him. You can keep him under your control a whole bit. Doing it over the course of a three or four year deal? Uh uh-uh. uh. Yeah. You know? No, yeah. no, no, no. And he won't get that kind of a deal anywhere anywhere, anyway. He'd yeah. get a one year deal probably.
3: By the way, Julian Edelman named the AFC Offensive Player of the Week. He is the first Patriots wideout to receive that honor, Tom King,
4: since. First Patriots wideout to receive that honor since. Uh, West Welker? Nope. Randy Moss. Yes. Moss probably. Uh, let me guess. Uh, Two thousand. I don't know. Straight eight? cash. Uh, Two thousand eight. Two thousand eight. Two
2: thousand seven. Two thousand eight.
4: Two thousand seven. Yeah. Okay. You know what? You know where I would have given it to Welker. I would have given it to Welker. Uh, the after the Jet game, the forty-five to three Jet game. Yeah. He because he had like awesome 14 or 15 game. catches in that game yeah. in 2010. That's why I thought for sure that he was the last one to win it.
3: Edelman had uh, eight catches for 151 yards and a touchdown.
4: 77 of them on one play. But really, he owes
3: 77 of those to
4: Michael Floyd. I think, <laughs> he, might have, I think he might have beaten the play even with, with he Floyd. He might have. Fl- but he would block. have had
3: to stop and slow down, and maybe someone else would have caught up to him. Floyd laying that block, he didn't have to break stride. True. Like, that's the thing. Edelman can stop and cut, and he's quick. But, you know, he would have had to slow down a little bit. If Maybe. Floyd hadn't come and erased Tony LePet. Maybe, Lippet, unless like he then. turned
4: the jet on and just beat the guy. Maybe. He, mean, he he guy, you know, the guy was behind him. Wasn't True. in front of him. So. But we'll never know. No, we never will. Because
3: Tony LePet uh, was flattened. Boom. By the way, I saw a really funny picture online <laughs> of uh, Donald Trump. Yeah? It was... <laughs> Edelman was, not, was There are Donald All the Trump. pictures of Donald Trump are funny. It, it, it was like that. It was <laughs> Sad that but funny. It was that play, right? Yeah. So Edelman running with the ball has Trump's head instead of Edelman's head on it. And he's running. And Clinton's chasing him. And then Michael Floyd Hillary? comes over. Yeah, Hillary's is Tony LaPette chasing him. And then Michael Floyd comes over, but instead of Michael Floyd's head, it's Putin.
4: Oh, no, that's pretty good. He <laughs> like
3: cracks Hillary Clinton.
4: And Trump runs away. Oh, God. It's really funny. That's, funny. That's pretty good. It's a pretty good one. I was oh, laughing pretty hard. A couple more weeks and it's reality. Yeah, yeah, I know. Um, it's must see TV. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for four years, last thing we ever
3: see on TV, maybe for four
4: years, for four years. you got four years of him. I know. Giving speeches. You know, can you see him sitting there giving a presidential speech? Not, no. a, not a chance. He can't even tweet like a president. He, well, you got to get up there and make a president, speech. Presidents don't tweet. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, that's no, that's not it. true. Obama tweeted. I've never seen anyone of his. Yeah. But they
3: didn't tweet, you know, check out this lady's sex tape and all the other stuff that he says.
4: No, he's China. No, it's just, It's got to be incredible. Yeah. It's got to be absolutely incredible.
2: I and I will tell you this, and I said it very strongly. Uh-oh. When Mexico sends its people... They're not sending their best.
3: That's how, that was what he campaigned on. That was the first thing, the right? First thing he said that got everyone on his side. He got everybody. Yeah,
4: you know, people loved that. Yeah. Oh,
3: people got so hot and heavy for that. Yeah, no, exactly. It
4: makes me sick. It really yeah, does. Yeah. They, yeah,
3: it really does. Yeah. The only thing that he ever said, and I, and I'm an unabashed Trump. I do not like. I do not like that he's the president. I wouldn't have liked Hillary really being the president either. But I voted for her to to, to avoid this, and I wasn't happy about that. It wasn't a vote that I felt great about, but I felt you had to do whatever you can to make sure that this didn't happen, and it happened. The only thing that he ever said over the course of his entire campaign that I agreed with is when he was criticizing all the politicians. was when he was saying, listen, I'm a wealthy businessman. And when I needed, you know, when I needed something from these people, I waved some money in the air and they were here for me. Right, right. That was great. That was truthful. It was really. Sure. Oh, yeah. And, you know, he held up a big mirror and everyone thought, oh, wow. Well, okay. we don't have to take this seriously. And then, you know, that (laughs) some of the more nationalistic things and tribalistic things that he said just really, you know, a lot of people really bought it. You know, they Mm -hmm. really did. And, uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it all goes, I guess. But boy,
4: mm. you know, reality. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> it's unbelievable.
4: I mean, we were, oh, it's, it's, incredible. it's incredible.
2: The American dream is dead. Wow.
4: <laughs> Just incredible. <laughs> yeah, it really it's, is. It really is. Yeah, well, I mean, what's it, you know, the inauguration speech? Can you imagine what that's going to be? <laughs> <laughs> His State of the Union. He's got to give a State of the Union at the end of the month, right? What I say is, he's got to what walk I down say. in front of Congress. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. Wow. We have losers. We have losers. Oh. We have people that don't have it. We have people that are morally corrupt. We have people that are selling this country down the drain.
5: Losers. Ugh.
2: If it weren't for me, you wouldn't even be talking about illegal immigration.
4: He's probably right in a way. I mean there was, there's some of the stuff he says, he's right. The other stuff is like, where's he cut you know? I well mean, no,
3: that's not true. You know. A lot of people were talking about the the entire GOP platform has been talking about illegal immigration yeah, not like for this. Well, not about building a big stupid wall yeah, that's gonna make not you, like you this. know this. you know, the wall not, is not like this. It was, hollow. The wall is it was gonna, it, hollow. First of all, he's not gonna do it.
4: No, of course not.
3: Because it's going to cost way too much money, and it's not going to do anything. Oh, but Mexico's going to pay for it. No, they're not. <laughs> and they told them, not only are we not going to pay for it, but go bleep yourself. Yeah, they they had literally it. said oh, yeah, yeah the president yeah. of Mexico told them to bleep off. Right. And, uh, and and even if they did, most of the illegal immigrants who went here are, are people who are here who overstayed their visas. That's like mm. 45% of all the illegal debt. A wall's not going to do anything for that. Mm-hmm. A wall's going to probably keep them in. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just common sense doesn't apply. No, no, it really doesn't. No. Um, let's uh, change change topics here because I did want to get into this with you a little bit. Uh, Ty Law, one of the 15 finalists for the Pro Football Hall of Fame, do you think he gets in? No, I
4: don't. Not this year. No? I think he waits a little bit, you know? I think he'll eventually get in, mm-hmm. but I think right now he waits a little. And, and I'm just saying that just because it's his first time on there, and I don't think that they're, ready, all, they're all ready to jump on the Ty Law bandwagon just yet. Um, so I mean there's a ton of guys. Yeah. Ton of guys. And I saw the list of finalists last night. You know, so Ladanian Tomlinson, Jason Taylor, Brian Dawkins. Tomlinson gets in.
3: Uh Isaac Bruce, Morton Anderson. Morton Anderson's gotta get in. Yeah, right? he'll get in. Yeah. Uh Tony Biselli. He'll probably get in. Terrell Davis, that's an interesting one. Yep. Didn't play that long, but was one of the more dominant running backs I've ever seen in my life. Right, right. Uh, in the brief time that he played. Uh, Alan Fanica, who I think was a center offensive lineman. Yes, he
4: was. He was a center.
3: Uh, John Lynch.
4: Lynch, I don't know. Maybe. I'd I'm talking about, first, about time, right. you know, yeah. first, first time. you know, First ballot, I don't, yeah, know. I don't, I don't know. know about that. Right.
3: Uh, Kevin Mawai, jet center for all those years. I think Mawai may get in. He'll probably get in. Uh, Kurt Warner and Terrell Owens. I think Terrell Owens has to go.
4: I think Owens goes, Warner doesn't. Really? Yep. Okay. Why not? Warner won one Super Bowl. Yeah. A lot of quarterbacks won one Super Bowl. He's a nice story. He came from, you know, rags to riches, but that's not, that doesn't get you Hall of Fame. Mm. You know, do what Brady's done and Montana's done and Starr did when he was with Green Bay, you know, and, and, you know. Uh, you know, a lot of the multiple Bradshaw, obviously, but you know, a lot of the multiple do that as a quarterback, and you're you're in. You know, win a Super Bowl and go to another one. Eh, you know, okay. Uh, well, he went to he went to three. See, because he took Arizona there. See, the Arizona year may put him in there down the road, but I don't think it does it right now. Mm-hmm. You know, the Arizona year where he took them to the Super Bowl and that was his third. Yeah. So. You know, that could, uh, the fact that he played in three Super Bowls may be enough to get him in, but I wouldn't put him in now. Okay.
3: Uh, guys who got knocked off, uh, who didn't make the cut, Darren Woodson, Heinz Ward, and Jimmy Johnson. All of them uh, did not make the final Ward is 15. a tough
4: one. Good player. You know, good player. Ward is a Hall tough one. Hall of Famer? Mm. Yeah, borderline. I don't know.
3: Not a guy... Not a guy who, who could do it himself, right? If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, you know, always part of good teams, and right? Big playmaker, and certainly one of the best blocking wide receivers I've ever seen. But that, you know, Hall of Fame, you know, it's <laughs> that, that's that's nice, but that's usually not sure Hall of Fame uh, uh, criteria there. Yep. Um, and I thought I read somewhere that Steve Atwater missed the cut this year because Brian Dawkins bumped him down. Steve Atwater, yeah, I thought, thought really for sure he'd yeah, be a he, Hall of Famer. Yeah, yeah, no doubt about I it. was shocked to find out that he wasn't. Yep. Uh, Morton Anderson, I think, has got to go in. He's the NFL career scoring leader. Um, as for some of the other guys, Ladanian Tomlinson? Yeah. I don't know
4: about him. I would.
3: Wouldn't not a you? good playoff performer. Yeah, Very but, poor in the postseason. Yeah, but I mean. And not just didn't win a title, like didn't show up in the playoffs.
4: Yeah, but, yeah, well, hurt hurt a lot in the playoffs yeah, yeah.
3: you know well, who isn't hurt in the playoffs
4: you know? you know well i mean he was hurt bad enough that he couldn't play so he played 11
3: seasons was the mvp once mm-hmm. and uh set a record of 28 rushing touchdowns he won two rushing titles yeah you know, he was a great player but he was only the best running back in the league a couple of years you know like he was not i still
4: think he gets in you do yeah i do okay how about uh right just because of the running back mentality there. Yeah. You know, that's the thing. Running backs are stars. I think he gets in over uh you know, it would you know, quarterbacks are stars too. So why would Warner get in? Rushing titles are held more higher esteem than passing titles. Mm. Running backs careers are limited. So you do as much as you can in a short amount of time you're doing it. And I think he did, you know. Yeah. So, <laughs> I don't know. It'd be tough, you know. Dawkins, it's...
3: you think Dawkins goes first hey, bound? Four, four time All Pro? Yeah, maybe. That's pretty. Four, that's time, four that's, times.
4: Four times. Yeah, it is.
3: And Jason Taylor. What do you think about Taylor, him? I
4: think, gets in. Yeah. Yeah.
3: 15 seasons. Defensive player of the year once. Finished with 139.5 sacks in his career. It's yeah. pretty good.
4: I think Taylor does go.
3: Yeah um i just didn't see isaac how they bruce, i don't know about isaac yeah, Bruce. yeah it's borderline super bowl winner good player but yeah. i don't know was isaac bruce ever the best wide receiver in, the, in league? the
4: game no not. you know he was one of the best but not the best yeah
3: <laughs> and a lot of times he was one of two very good wide receivers on the you know him and tory hole you know, were together were, yeah, all those yeah, years right, right. i don't know greatest that should, that show on matter, turf i guess but yeah. greatest show on turf i guess it does in the, you know and when it comes
4: down to the voting,
3: um, Ty law, you know, that's, that's a tough one for me. Not, I
4: don't think he gets in now.
3: I think as, as a Patriots Homer, I think he absolutely should. I think Ty law, you know, I can't imagine the history of the Patriots and everything that they've done without him there. And that just, you know, that tells the story of that whole part of my life watching football. Ty law was a huge part of that. Right. Um, he was, uh, he was part of a stacked group of corners, Rondé Barber, Champ Bailey, Rod Woodson, those guys were all there. I mean, he was he was playing with some other guys who were, you know, no questions asked about, about some right. of them. But he was, you know, for over a decade, he was about as tough a matchup as there was. And he wasn't just a great coverage corner. He could hit people, and, you know, he, he, trained, he, he did a lot of different things out there on the field. Um, he'll end up there. First ballot, mm, I don't know. But, yeah, I think he'll be in eventually. First bout, I think, is going to be tough, especially with this clash. they got to, they got to narrow that down to five. Those 15, they got to narrow down to five. And I just, I'm just, i not sure. Ty five for the, for the choices? Right. The final choices? Or well, no more than five.
4: No more than five. So it might end up out just those, being, it could just be one. Out of know? those 15. Now, they'll get five out of that. They should. I think they will, and they'll do it. And, then, and that's going to be announced the night before the Super Bowl. Yeah. Yep. I saw that live once, in person. See now i don't know if they do it now the same way they did it before, because uh, they have that NFL awards show the night before, and that's mm-hmm. a big network uh, network presentation right. The NFL network used to do their Hall of Fame show around seven o'clock, six, seven o'clock the night before the game. And they would be uh, that was that started a few years ago. Yeah. You used to just hear about it during the day when they would announce right. who who got in. Now they do it on a show, and they make that uh, those announcements live on that show. And I was part of the audience for that show uh, back in 2000... Jealous? 11, uh-huh. It Was in Indianapolis. It was there, it was right in the hotel. How was the, how was the food? Media center. Oh, they didn't feed you. What? They didn't feed you for it. Jesus. They don't want a bunch of people slobbering over food while they're doing that. That's true, I guess. But you, you know? feel like
3: they have to. You know, they should give you I think
4: they had snacks or something outside. Well, sure. I don't remember. All right, so of the night.
3: 15, who do you give it to? We got Law, Anderson, Baselli, Isaac Bruce. I go uh, Anderson. Okay. Do you want me to finish reading them, or do you want me to just start talking?
4: Anderson, Baselli, Mawai. Those three. Uh-huh. Uh, Bacelli's Buscelli, a yes for you first ballot? Uh, uh, he's really good. I don't know. Um uh uh Terrell Owens, mm-hmm. that's 4. And Tomlinson 5. Tomlinson 5. Yep, there's my 5. Okay. Uh there's also
3: uh Don Coryell, the coach. Yeah, with the Cardinals and the Chargers, this Yeah. His 30th year of eligibility, he's one of those old guys, I don't know,
4: maybe he felt I, mean, I thought maybe you'd feel a certain way about him. Huh? <laughs> I used to, he, he was fun to watch on the sidelines. He used yeah. to walk up and down and pace it like crazy. Uh, he so was all about minute, offense. You didn't, say, you didn't say Taylor. Oh, Jason Taylor. That's right. I did say Taylor belonged in there. He so know.
3: here's the 15. Tomlinson, uh, Taylor, Dawkins, Law, Anderson, Baselli, Bruce, Coriel, Davis, Fanica, Joe Jacoby, who we didn't mention, Ty Law, John Lynch, Kevin Mowai, Owens, and Warner.
4: Yeah, I'll go with I'll go with all the guys I had except take Baselli. out and put Taylor in. Okay. So there you go.
3: I think my five would probably be Anderson, Dawkins, yep. Owens, Mawai. yeah. I kind of want to say Terrell Davis, but first ballot and not not didn't right. do it long enough. Right. I don't know. I'd go maybe mm, I guess I'd throw Taylor in there too. He'd be my fifth. Yeah. So we're yeah. close. We got 3. Yeah, we're pretty close. Yeah. All right, let's take a break. 603-883-9900 the phone number 883-9900. You can text in at 845 845- 827-1250. It's Christian and King.
1: For daily show updates, breaking sports news, plus contests and event info, like us on Facebook at ESPN New
2: Hampshire. How would you like your office to be located in the heart of downtown Manchester? The former Ted Hebert's building at 922 Elm Street is ready to house your business. With over 28,000 square feet available, the time is right for your business to maximize this rare opportunity. Again, there is now office space available at 922 Elm Street, the old Ted Hebert's building, but it won't last long. Contact Tom Finney at 603-647-6800 or visit loopnet.com.
1: New York, peace of mind.
5: Let's discuss a little bit of the Derek Rose trade. I think he needed to start fresh. I think New York is the perfect place for him. He loves being in a city. He loves being under the bright lights. I think him, Melo, and Porzingis is an interesting... You it's know. Interesting. It's curious how everybody melds yeah. together.
2: He has been a league average point guard. But, as we were touching on already, is significantly better than what the Knicks had.
5: Starting now, the Knicks are in a much better place than
2: they were three days ago.
1: Every Saturday from 2 to 4, here on ESPN New Hampshire... QL1, this is Control. Checking in to see how excited you are for launch. Over. Well, actually, Control, I'm kind of bored. I I think you cut out, QL1. It sounded like you said you were bored. That's affirmative, Control. You're about to travel 17,000 miles per hour through Earth's atmosphere, and you're bored? It just doesn't sound that exciting after using Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. I was able to get a completely online custom mortgage approval in minutes. All right, you cut out for sure this time. Did you say I can get a mortgage approval in minutes? That's right, Control. Minutes. Whether you're purchasing a new house or refinancing your existing home, Rocket Mortgage securely pulls your pay stubs and bank statements to build you a custom mortgage solution so you get exactly what you want. Wow, that is exciting. (laughs) Yep, definitely better than months of dehydrated ice cream and powdered orange drink. Three, two, one. Rocket Mortgage at quickenloans.com. Push button. Get mortgage. Rocket.
0: Visit for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender. Licensed in all 50 states. NMLSconsumeraccess.org number 3030. Outdoor Almanac with Peter St. James, brought to you by New Hampshire Fish and Game's Wildlife Journal.
1: Did you know that feeding the deer makes them vulnerable to predation, disease, collisions with vehicles, and it makes it easy for them to stop foraging for food. Training them to come to your house may be a hit with the grandchildren, but you're hurting them more than you know. Fed deer tend to travel more in the winter, going between feeding sites, which causes them to exhaust their fat stores. Unfed deer tend to travel less, stay in natural winter deer yards, and conserve their resources to survive the winter. The natural survival strategies that have served them well for generations the same thing applies to feeding wild turkeys it shouldn't be done because it too creates a host of potential problems doesn't take long for coyotes to figure out that you're feeding the deer and turkeys and to coyotes that's like ringing the dinner bell don't diminish deer or turkeys natural awareness of humans you could be creating more problems than winter does
0: outdoor almanac is brought to you by new hampshire fish and games wildlife journal the magazine for people with outside interests
1: us on Twitter at ESPN NH for constant up-to-date news and show info.
3: Got a little bit of breaking news. We already sort of knew this, but it's now been made official by the Raiders. Connor Cook started quarterback Saturday against the Texans. Instead of Matt McGloin, which means your quarterback matchup in the wild card AFC game will be Connor Cook versus Brock Osweiler. All right, now
4: what was it last year? It was uh, Brian Hoyer for Houston. Yeah. Against who they beat in, the, in who they who they lose to in that first that first round game? Was it, it was Kansas City, wasn't it? I think so. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, so it was it, you know that was irrelevant because it was you had. Uh, Alex Smith, who's an established pro. Right. So it wasn't a. But I'll and tell they you beat what, him 30 to nothing. I'll tell you what. Connor Cook <laughs> is probably the better quarterback from what the numbers say mm-hmm. of those two. Of McGloin. McGloin's got concussion or whatever. He's out. So that's it. That's, oh, no. It's his shoulder. It's his non-throwing shoulder. But they're not pushing to get him ready. You know, you see what I mean? Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're not, taking, they're not fitting him with a different, you know, vest or We're sling. like, or, look,
3: Matt, you take your time getting back, buddy. Right. The important because thing is your health, you know.
4: <laughs> he was 6 of 11 for 24 yards. Yeah. yeah All right. Gosh. Connor Cook, if I'm not mistaken, was something like 10 of 15 for 151 yards, a touchdown, and an interception. So he can at least throw the ball downfield. That's what that tells me. Mm-hmm. All right. You may not know where it's going, but at least he can do it. Yeah. So.
3: Would he be the first player to make his
4: NFL debut? His NFL first. He played last week. So. Starting debut. He is so the second. second I think he's the second rookie. think uh, He's the second NFL quarterback to make his first start. In a playoff In a game, playoff game. <laughs> and I'm trying. I, uh. I wrote that yesterday. You know, I did my prep work for my column. I wrote that yesterday, and I'm trying to think of what the, uh, uh, what the, uh, the for who the first one was. You know, it's funny.
3: Is it after Derek Carr, all these other guys, Matt McGloin, Connor Cook, and this other guy that they're probably going to bring off the, pack, the practice squad, Garrett Gilbert? All of them, their first and last names start with the same letter, G. Matt McGloin. MM, Connor oh, yeah. Cook, CC, and, and Gary Garrett Gilbert. Gilbert.
4: GG. Uh, how about that? How about that? Yeah. Gilbert, uh, they just signed. Right. They just signed him to the practice squad. He's, yeah, he's on the practice <laughs> squad right so now. So he's on the practice squad right now. If I were a, if I were a team. By you the know, way, Cook if, I were, if I wanted to needle the needle the Raiders, yeah. I'd claim him off the practice squad. That would be funny. You know? That
3: would be funny. <laughs> uh, Connor Cook, by the way, 14 of 21 passing, yeah. 150 yards, one touchdown, one interception, two sacks, and two fumbles.
4: Right. So I was pretty close to what the, the numbers were throwing the ball downfield. And
3: they said he played with a lot of confidence.
4: You know? Well, he was sacked twice. And he fumbled twice. And he fumbled twice, and which he, is and he threw an interception. Right, which is what a rookie's gonna do when he's right. under pressure. Rookies mm-hmm. under pressure don't play well. But evidently, you know, I think he probably sh- I bet he showed them more than McLoyne. <coughs> what oh. a
3: freaking dumpster fire.
4: Well, that's what happens Honestly, when Derek I mean, Carr is your guy and all of a sudden he's not there.
3: Yeah. If, and you got nothing. I mean, when Derek Carr went down, it reminded me of when Peyton Manning used to get injured and you'd see Curtis Painter Jim Sorge or one of those guys. No, it, You knew nothing was going to happen. And Man- Manning never got hurt either. I mean, that was the thing. till the end of his career, he never really got hurt. It was usually at the end of a season when they're 14-2 and two and trying to arrest him for the playoffs that you'd see Curtis Painter go out there, and he never did anything. And that was the
4: big controversy because they were going to go for the unbeaten record. They, right. they decided not to do it, and mm-hmm. they ended up losing in the first round of the playoffs to the Jets. Yeah. <laughs> you know?
3: So there you go. It's official. The Oakland Raiders will be going with Connor Cook. Uh, this weekend against the Oakland Raiders. And I bet they win. Excuse me, against the Houston Texans.
4: I bet they win. Do you? Yeah. They have a better team overall than Houston does, don't they? I would they? say
3: they do, yes.
4: So if they can get... See, the problem It's with about the...
3: whichever... But here's the thing. Well,
4: the problem the Raiders have is they have to change their way of thinking their offense. Oh, you think? <laughs> In other words, they have to go run first, pass second. Yeah. In a... They were always pass first, run second with Carr. So... And Carr could run, too. Right. So, they have to change. I mean, we first learned about Derek Carr when he played here against mm. the Patriots and played pretty darn well. Yeah, people two, were two years ago. Yeah. People were complaining here, saying, "Was this Patriots team supposed to be so good they could barely beat the Raiders?" Well, mm-hmm. the reason was his Carr's good.
3: Yeah, they didn't have a good year, but
4: no, but he had saw, a good you year. You can tell he was something because yeah. the quarterbacks they had before him all stunk. Yeah, they did. So, you saw something going there, and now it's, it's, it's come to fruition, which is so sad that he got hurt, mm-hmm. you know? So, I, it's just, but they have to change their offensive philosophy, and they have a week right now to try to do it.
3: Yes, I think Houston wins this game for the simple fact they're, one, playing at home, and number <laughs> two, if Brock Osweiler can play a half-decent game, you know that's already a big step up from whatever you're going to get from Connor. What is does Osweiler? Sorry, well,
4: why? Did, let me let me let me do a progression here. Why did they lose last year? Thirty to nothing.
3: Because they had a terrible quarterback.
4: Because their quarterback threw like five picks. Yeah, five yeah. or six, I think. Yeah. Right. What does Brock Osweiler do? He throws picks. Yeah. There you go. On a on a very on a very regular basis yes, in this offense, he does. He does. He didn't do, do it in the Denver offense, but he does it in this one. But who's the better quarterback? Who would you consider? Who do
3: you think is who do you think is a higher ceiling, Connor Cook or Brock Osweiler? Who do you think, if they played their best game, would have would be better? I don't know. Oh come on! You saw Brock Osweiler last year, and even a couple of games. Osweiler this year was wasn't a game terrible.
4: manager last year. Mm, sure, you, you, they didn't win games because of Brock Osweiler's sterling arm. Okay, and Oakland's right.
3: going to win one because of Connor Cook's sterling arm.
4: He threw for 150 yards in, a, in limited time. Oh, well, time. excuse me. <laughs> so he also a, threw an interception and fumbled twice. Right, but, he, but it, you know, that's because he was rushed pretty heavily by the Denver defense. So who said, ooh, they were licking their chops with this guy? hmm You know? Look, the way Osweiler's played. See, I bet Connor Cook played better in that game. I didn't see it, all right? I didn't see it. But I bet he played better in his limited time in that game than Osweiler did in his when he came off the bench. You know Against Tennessee? Well, against anybody. Yeah. Osweiler stinks in that offense.
3: Yeah, he does. Yeah, he stinks.
4: He's been given chance after chance after chance, and finally O'Brien said, enough, I can't take this anymore. Yeah. <laughs> you know?
3: Yeah. Osweiler came into the game and was good. 21 of 40. Okay. Well, 40 253 times. yards, yeah. one touchdown, no interceptions, QB rating at 80.5. All right, that's good. That's not bad. I'll and take that. And he also that. rushed for a touchdown. Who did they play? A Tennessee Titans.
4: Okay, all right. Now, did they win that game? Yes, they, they did. did. Yeah. Uh, no, the Titans beat them. Titans right. beat
3: them 24-17. Right. Savage got hurt.
4: The game didn't mean anything for that, for Houston. Didn't mean anything for Houston. Yeah. They had won a division, but they were going to play in the first round anyway. hmm So, but. I I mean Osweiler's got the edge of the experience. There's no question about that. You know who QB'd for Tennessee in that game? Uh let me think. Who's their backup? Uh 'cause they because uh their their guy went down. Um no I don't. Matt Castle.
2: Oh, that's right. Yeah, yes, it
3: was Castle, that's right. Yeah. for hundred and fifty yards, touchdown and a pick got sacked four times.
4: Which is basically what Castle does,
3: you know? Pretty much.
4: But Osweiler has never Started a playoff game before. True. So, you know. But he's. He's got more know, experience, he started yes. Started a game and. and oh, not, he's played you know. full season. You know, he's played. Yeah, he's he's got more experience. Right. He's got great arm, great physical ability. But he, he you I know. just
3: sort of think Houston's at home. Uh-huh. You know. They have their quarterback, even though it's. Even though they just benched him a couple weeks ago. At least there's a little more familiarity there. Oakland's got to throw this guy out there, give him a week of practice with the first team, and say, "Go out there and get him, kid." I mean, that's you know, no, that's tough. Seems like a reach. It's tough. Do that on the road. This kid, wins? even if the rest of the this offense kid is plays better. well, he'll
4: be the darling of the he'll be oh, the league. Oh, are you kidding me? be coming, and they'll be coming here. You know, yeah. Basically, unless Miami, unless well, no, no, unless Miami beat the the scenario is this. For people who who aren't familiar with yeah. it or aren't sure, Patriots
3: play the winner. Patriots of that play
4: game. E- Patriots either play the winner of this game or or Miami if Miami beats Pittsburgh. Right. If Miami if Miami matter. beats Pittsburgh, they're coming to Foxborough no matter what happens in this game mm-hmm. Saturday.
3: And I'll say this: if that happens, a lot of people are going to talk about 2010. The parallels are going to start becoming a lot oh, more. Oh, yeah, you know, it's People true. are really going to mention yeah, that. Too
4: long. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You beat
3: them twice. You handled them in that second game. You beat them by a lot.
4: Right. Uh, and they're got which is beat different. Three
3: times, which, again, is all sort of mythology. I don't yeah, think there's no, really no. a whole lot to, to go into Now that. They'll still be heavy favorites. The question with Miami. will bring that up.
4: The mystery and the question with Miami is whether or not Tannehill, quarterback, he did not practice today. But they are not saying whether he's going to play Sunday uh, Sunday or not. It's a 1 o'clock game Sunday, I believe. Uh, they're,
0: not yes. Sunday. Right. they're not saying
4: whether he's going to play. 105 and 440. on Sunday. Right. They're not saying whether he's going to play. They're leaving open the door that he, he could possibly play because I guess the cast and everything else came off. Right. My guess is he doesn't. I think they could win that game with or
3: without him. I think they could win that game with Matt Moore. It won't be easy. They'd have to get a couple of breaks. They'd have to get some turnovers. They'd have to get a you know pick or fumble. They'd, they'd or something, have to get
4: it. the Steelers have to turn the ball, hand them the ball. But
3: I don't think the Steelers are head and shoulders better. No, I don't, Boston, they, you know, I don't think they. I don't think the
4: Steelers I, are head and shoulders better any, you know, than anybody.
3: You know, I think they're head and shoulders better than Houston. <laughs> you know, I think they. Yeah, I think maybe. they'd kick Houston's ass. they play got defense, though. So. Mm, yeah, okay. uh, slightly. You know, not really. Uh, we got to take a break. 603-883-9900 is your phone number,
2: 883-9900. Quick break, final hour coming up. Which is worse, a trip to the hospital or the fees and bills that come with it? At the Bedford Ambulatory Surgical Center, they provide a comfortable and friendly environment while offering...